sitting here with Trent Barkley tonight. We've already been bullshitting in the garage, having okay. a good time, catching up a little bit. Uh, grew up with this guy in high school a little bit. Um, we did a lot of UFC stuff. Or UFC. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, God. I mean, I don't think we were built for that. Think, but. Uh, YFC stuff. Sure. Um, Trent, you played a lot of sports in high school. No, not in high school. No, not in high school. I played I played oh, baseball to my junior course. year, but um, yeah, just football, freshman and sophomore year. That was it. So, I remember you had a lot of knee problems. Yeah, I had knee day. problems. I had a baseball. Um, I took a ground ball my junior year. We were playing in Macomb, and uh, I was at third. Took a weird ground ball off their grass infield right to the ear and had some some moments where i spent about a week in the hospital in peoria and really yeah i ended up with some some bruising on my brain and at that point i just opted to yeah. kind of slide out so <laughs> so there was no slow pitch or anything after that for Trent. oh no no there was a lot of slow pitch as soon as i <laughs> as soon as i graduated high school i played slow pitch um oh man probably up until about five years ago and uh once i once I hit like 30, 31, my, my wife would laugh because running to first base, my arms moved way yeah. faster than the rest of my body. So I just kind of hung that up. Going was, upstairs to find a bottle. <laughs> I was winded coming back down. Yeah, not going to lie. It's a struggle, man. After, you know, before COVID, um, so I was running like three miles a day. Yeah, because I used to work in Macomb. I'd see either leaving the Y or like halfway across town yeah. coming back to the Y. Yeah, like, dude, I would run. And then I got COVID last October. Um, it was right around homecoming. And I'm not kidding you. Like I was done. Like mm-hmm. I can't run. I'm lucky if I can run a mile now and I like plan my walks around where people don't see me. So everybody <laughs> thinks that I'm still running, but yeah. I'm not, I'm still sweating profusely. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not running that whole distance. Not one bit. Dude, so. I used to love to run and people are just like, Oh my God, run. it's like, no, once you get past that first two or three or four, 10 week <laughs> right. of feeling terrible, like running feels great. Oh man. Especially if you get good to where, you can just jog three or four miles at a time and not think anything about it. Sure. Just put on a podcast or some music or some tunes and just cruise for a while. And then you get home, you feel good. You get in the shower. That always feels good. And then you're just like, all right, I'm good. But see, that's a question I have for you, though. So so before you started the Dial the Wild podcast, mm-hmm. and were podcasts something that you listened to? Because up until you tuned me on to yours... And, you know, then over the course of the, the past probably six, eight months, mm-hmm. I've tuned into a couple others. But that's never been something I did. So was that something you said that was? It uh, was. Working pest control for as long as I did. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> the Garage Man. Actually, one of the podcasts um, I used to listen to in the truck all the time, just stop to stop to stop. I mean, sure. you're on a route, so sure. you kind of know how it is. Um but then when I discovered earpods, like that changed the game. Oh yeah. Because now if a customer's not home or something, like I'm outside spraying, I'm doing my thing, and I'm just listening to people talk all day. And that's always I talk about that in one podcast where it's like that's how I learn, that's how I um ingest information, digest information, however you call it. But um I learned so much from these guys just um, like early on trying to, I had a tough decision to get out of the guard when I did. 
I could have had a really good career, but like I was hating it at the same time. True. Um, I started listening to Andy Stumpf, who does Cleared Hot, and learning to cope with that was something he talks about a lot because he didn't have a choice. He got blown up in Afghanistan, and he was done. Okay. Here's your papers. You're done. So he had to learn to cope with that. My coping was like, did I get out when I should have? And over time, listening to stuff like that helped me realize that, yeah, it was time. Sure, sure. Anytime you lose the love for something. It's time to go. It's time to go. Now, there are exceptions. You know, don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on anything like that. Obviously, if it's something that's very meaningful, you need to figure that out. Because at that point, it's you. (laughs) Right. But I think that's why, but at the end of the day, though, I think you would probably agree with that. You just hit two points where you said your family and your kids. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, that's where kind of God's going to put in and he's going to say, okay, here's the deal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is why you're here. You've got a purpose, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of things that you can take and chase um, to truly make yourself what you were meant to be, right? We've all got a plan somewhere. Sometimes it just takes us a little bit longer to find it and we might never come anywhere close to finding that plan. Did I finally... Yeah, graduated in 05, finished college, and depending on which degree you're going, but just been hustling for 10 years, and I finally have a job that I actually fairly enjoy going to each sure, day. Sure, You know, so, and that's a, that's something that a lot of people, paying your dues and um, doing the things you necessarily don't want to do in order to get to where you want to be, I think that that is the biggest thing right now. I'm not, and I'm not just going to say kids. I'm just going to say people because there are too many easy routes out there for folks to, um, I could do this. I would like to do that, but it's much easier to do this. Right. And the free route or the, the, the route that is, well, in this case, in today's society, I think it's the route that's heavily traveled. However, that road just keeps getting wider. And longer mm-hmm. and and we can fit everybody onto it unfortunately and and i think There's that's a bus <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like ultimately people have to understand there's a lot to be said in this life and you're going to take what you put into it i mean you're going to you're going to reap your own rewards and Sometimes it's it's not easy, and sometimes no. it's extremely difficult, and the decisions that you have to make um, are not easy. You know, like we were talking in the garage before we came in, and you were saying, "Hey, man, you know, we we moved into this house and in June, and you know, it's nice because now the things that are there." But man, if you look at how you lived before and what you guys were doing before to now, man, that's awesome. It, it's that's- a it's a, a completely different lifestyle change. Um, is it easier to just rent and let somebody else's problems be your problems? Sure. Yeah, it is. But we've learned so much moving into this place <coughs> and having to take ownership and and build something here, you know, just since June. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> but, you couldn't tell that you guys literally have only lived here since June. I mean, granted, it's October, but buddy, it it looks good. <laughs> I mean, you guys look like you've been here for ten years, and you're and you're you're comfortable. I mean, I saw your two little girls, and and we were just talking about that too. Yeah. Like, it's so funny because people always told me that, and they still do that. Both my girls look the exact same, and they look yeah. like twins. And so, what five and three? You know, you've got some age difference there, right? About thirteen months. They're for, I used to call them Irish twins, and my wife would get all holy smokes, dude. They are <laughs> they are to a T, and like you've got. 
they, I, and I'm sure I only saw one side of them when they came down here just a little bit ago. Yeah. But it was just, it was back and forth. You know, you got one part where they're, one's playing the good girl and one's playing the, oh, I'm going to push this. Like crazy, <laughs> this, dude. this is as far as I'm going to take it here. So, no, but it's been, it's been a blessing in disguise. Um, I just, there's a couple podcasts in there where Seth and I talked about like the entire, just the whole freaking mess of buying a house and sure. go do everything you got to do to make it happen. And it's not pleasant. Sure. But then again, a lot of things in life worth going after or worth doing aren't. Right. No, yeah. and that's, that's understandable. You know, I can't say that I've been in the, in the home buying scenario. You know, I rent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I rent because to me, there's a, there's a part of that, that I like, like, I feel it's pushing me to something more. Yeah. Um, it's pushing me every day. You know, my wife's growing her business. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything I can to work a day job, come home and, and try and grind to make my dream, um, take place. And I don't want it to be something where it's, you know, it's, uh, it's just a discussion. I want it to be a, I want it to be a movement. I want people yeah. to understand because I feel that that's what we need as a as an American people today is we need more yeah. movements than anything. I'd agree with that. So backing up a little bit, you finished high school and boom, you had a kid. Yeah, man. we started <laughs> early. Like life got yeah. busy real quick. Like life got serious really quick. It did. And, and it wasn't easy. Uh, so my wife and I, uh, now my wife, uh, we've been together since we were 16. <laughs> Um, we have my son um, right after we graduated high school. I actually found out a um, couple weeks, uh, I guess it would be like the first or second week in March um, of my senior year in 2004. And man, it got it got real very fast. I was going to school. I still had dreams. So I was going to Spoon River College. Um, I think you tried to sell me a cell phone once. Yep, bud. I was selling. <laughs> so if I wasn't going to school, I was going to school full time. I was working full time as an assistant manager selling cell phones. Um, and then at night I was doing private security. And I owned a private security company for 10 years. Did you? Um, yep. And uh, did right around 1,200 apartments. Um, and so I was the only guy. So I do all that during the day. And then Wednesday through Saturday from 9 at night to 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, I was doing private security. And then watching, I mean, we're watching football highlights, but I was watching my Broncos <laughs> on Sunday. I never missed a game. Right. But it was it was real because then it got to the point where, okay, this is your life. This is what you have to do. And I'm going to be the first person to ever stand up in front of somebody and tell you I failed more times and I failed daily. Then I got things right. You know, as as a parent, it's not easy. Um, And as a young parent, it's even more difficult because I found myself in situations like, so you graduated in 2005 and you go into Mm -hmm. college and you're having these college experiences. Well, the kids I hung out with in high school, man, they're going through these college (laughs) experiences and like, Hey man, Come have a beer with us. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Well, if I go have a beer with you, which sometimes I did. And and, yeah. and looking back, that's the moment where you just think to yourself, like, okay, because you're still a 21-year-old kid, mm-hmm. a 22-year-old kid, and you're still pouring them on thick. But at the end of the day, when your kid starts screaming at 6 in the morning, you're up, and you don't have a choice to no. take a nap. No. So... No, there's only so many times mom's going to get up to do it. So, it's and my like, wife is fantastic, man. She's <laughs> she's always been. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if from from having kids at an early age, if it would not have been um, for her, there's no way. I mean, my kids are who they are today because of their mom. So that's good, man. Um, but you went to work. 
You had to, where did Pepsi come in? You've been at Pepsi forever. Yeah. Well, seems like. well, so I started at Pepsi, um, late 2010, early 2011. Um, and you know, I started stocking shelves. I did the whole, mm-hmm. what everybody says, you know, you work your way up. So I literally did. I was a, I was a merchandiser and then I went into a sales route and I was driving to Quincy and then an hour South of Quincy every day. Um, and it got to the point where I had an opportunity for a, a management position up in Macomb. And I came back, I lived in Macomb the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was good. Um, it taught a lot, but it got some tough times. And so late 2018, I left Pepsi um, and I went to NTN, um, did a little manufacturing deal for a sure. bit. Yeah. Um, and I went there as a, as a production supervisor and worked third shift and then COVID hit. Yeah. And it was, I probably, I mean, I'm just going to be realistic with you. I would have stayed at NTN because I enjoyed the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the the work environment. A lot of people will say opposite of that, but I didn't find it bad. Um, I'm sure hourly people would be like, ah, it's because you were a supervisor and you didn't have to do anything. That's not the case. No. Um, it was it's the people in the structure. to be said for, no, you work Pepsi, I worked Pest Control. There's something to be said about like the peace of mind of not... I won't even say not hustling because every job you're at, you're going to hustle, but sure. like, it's a different hustle. Like you have a quota, you have, you have an amount of time, you know, eight hours a day, 40 sure. hours a week, um, something like that, that you're building up towards. And when you go home, that's your job and you're done, you know? Yeah. And that's awesome. That's part of what I really love about this job. But when you're, when you're grinding and hustling on a route, like your job's never done. Right. You're like, going to get those phone calls at, late at night. Sun I mean, up and, the sun down. Yep. You're, hey, I'm missing this. I'm needing this. I'm seeing this. Yep. You know, and you learn real quick how to talk to people, how to deal with people, your interactions with your communication with other folks is key. It's top notch. Um, because if you don't have that, you're not going to make it in that industry very long. No, no. And I think I think for me, I mean, ultimately, the reason that I left was was solely based around COVID-19. So they got to a point where, you know, individuals were furloughed. Well, I've never used that word a day in my life. Right. Um, everybody's going to drink soda. Everybody's going to drink water. Yeah. Um, so I never had to worry about not having a job. And so um, I got pulled in. I had an opportunity to go to first shift. I worked third shift for, for quite some time. Yep. And that was tough on the family. It was tough on my wife and, and my kids. And, you know, I had to go to a ball game and, dude, I'd be a zombie. Yeah. And so going back to first shift was nice. And then they said, the same day they told me I was furloughed, they said, hey, you're you're going back to third when you come back. And I made a phone call and <laughs> I met, actually, we met, um, walked around Farm King. Um, I met with, with a couple of the, the upper management folks and, and we had a conversation. And the next thing you know. I was, I was back slinging Pepsi, but it's nice because I get to do stuff for the community. I love schools. We were just talking in the garage. I love high school football. I love high school sports. Um, I love seeing these kids use, um, you know, I, I never, I never thought I'd be a big proponent of you're a student athlete. Um, but I love seeing these kids be able to, to juggle their time and time management to see, you know, good grades converting into the talent and stuff that you're putting in those practices and, and watching you compete. It's great. Well, and there's a lot to be said there. I I think I've told this story before, but I'm just going to tell it again because I can. Uh, <laughs> before 
I really got into podcasts. I was working um, for a private school over by Quincy. Okay. So I spent a year of my life over there. Before I got into podcasts, it was sports radio. Sure. All day, every And that's something Quincy has down. Like, their local sports, their local news. I mean, they're on top of everything. The whole community's that, into it as well. And that's, and that's awesome. And whether it's the Catholic school or the public school, like, they're all into it. So... There was one day I was driving home, and there was a group of guys there that worked for the sports department of their, I can't even, QHAD or whatever okay. they are, the radio, the news station. And they were going from camp to camp of these football teams of the area, you know, um, checking out the upcoming football season. Sure. And one of the things that one of the guys on that radio, I can't remember his name, I do apologize, but one of the things that one of those guys said was, if you think that there's a problem with our youth nowadays, you need to come out to some of these sports camps and see the work that these kids are putting in because you cannot just put a capsule around and saying that all these kids nowadays, they don't know how to work. They don't know how to act. They're all lazy. It's like these kids are putting in the work and they're working their ass off. Yep. And that right there just was like, yeah, you know, I've been guilty of it. You always think that the generation behind you had it easier than what you've had. Sure, it. sure. And our parents will tell us the same thing. Our grandparents, you know, uphill both ways, right? right. barefoot. I got a funny snow. story about that, though. <laughs> Go ahead. So when I was in high school, so uh, we lived just past um, a campground, just yeah, just yeah, outside yeah. I of town. That. that was a uh, Sorrel's place. So no yeah. joke. When you when people would leave my place, mm-hmm. you would go downhill to the bottom. And yeah. so when I was a senior in high school, I mean, I had to ride the bus. I did not have my first car until I was 18 years old. I'd graduated right. high school. I had to get it myself. And the craziest part was, is that someday I'm going to get to tell that story because no joke, man, <laughs> no matter which way, when you got to the bottom of that driveway, it was uphill both ways. You were right at the bottom. And so... Um, it's always funny because when my kids say that, they're like, oh yeah, dad, you walk to school uphill both ways. No joke, kid. Like that really happened. You do it barefoot, but Luckily, I did it. Like, yeah, I, no kidding. Through the snow, through the rain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but dude, you're right though. I think, I think these high school sports, you know, as we're watching these clips and you see these kids, you know, we were talking about two and three sport athletes and, and these kids having the ability to continue to understand that there's certain lessons. And I made, I made a comment about my son and I said, he might not know the lessons that he's learning today. No, it doesn't click till later. But man, when it clicks, it's going to click and it's going to click hard. He's going to start to understand, wow, the things that I was prepared for are going to take you to another level. But you're right. These people in our local smaller communities all across the United States, everybody needs to go out and support your local sports. These kids are there pouring their all into it. And it's all about making them feel like a star. You're going to like these next two episodes coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's, as we're recording this, there's one coming out tomorrow, and God, we talked about high school sports and college sports and everything for about two hours. So I split it up a little, well, if you're hearing this now, you're going to hear it afterwards, but I split it up into two, two, and it was a lot of conversation about where would you be without sports? Sure. And no, you should not base your entire life around sports. If you're that guy who's 40 years old still wearing his Leatherman jacket at the local bar, like you got you got a problem, bro. Struggle bus right there. <laughs> like Struggle you got bus. problems, but there is so much that you learn, so much that you take out of being selfless, um, part of a team. Oh yeah. The life skills that you cannot get 
anywhere else at that time of your life. Short of every once in a while you find that kid who's working two or three jobs because he has to or his parents are in, you know, a rough place or this, that, or the other, you know. And I just think there's a, there's a lot to be said about sports and the development of young people. No, I, I, I definitely and would agree with that. Sports aren't for everybody. Nope. You know. Uh, but there's activities, you know. When you, yes. when you see these kids, these kids that are out doing, I mean, I'm sorry, but if you don't have anything going on on a, on a Thursday night and it's snowing and the snow's not enough to cancel the play, but there's a play going on. I'm telling you right now, I went to a high school play for the first time in my entire life yeah. last year, um, towards the end of the year at, uh, at my kids' school, and I had a freaking blast. Like well, it you was, know these kids. Yeah. And some of these kids are in a shell. Yeah, and you would have never you thought know, that these kids were capable of that. Because they don't play sports or Correct. they're not over I don't social. see them on Fridays or but Saturdays. But you get them on a stage yep. and they Boom. flourish. It's yep. just like that football field is a stage. They yep. flourish. It's just like if you're into music and you do choir or you do band or something and you get that chance to perform, it's like, boom, the best self of your pop best part of yourself pops out. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's the coolest part, man. The, the, we have so many unique kids, um, you know, and, and, and I mean that in the nicest way. I mean, these kids are all capable of great things and what people hopefully will someday start to understand sooner than later is the thing that I think you and I could probably agree on that there were individuals when we were kids and we were growing yes. up that could tell, Hey, if I pour a little bit into this kid, that someday that kid's going to be the one running the country. Someday that kid's going to be a decision maker. Someday that kid's going to make an impact on somebody's life. And I'm going to pour into that kid right now because I feel that there's good values. And one great guy is a guy from UFC or YFC. I almost said UFC too, but <laughs> from YFC. And, and, and I won't say his name, um, we but, know who he is. but, but such a great guy. You know, and you still see this individual today in the community. And, you know, I just actually saw a local picture on social media and he was he was in the picture. He was in the picture supporting, you know, this big week that's coming up with the policing, mm-hmm. um, you know, this weekend. It was so cool because this guy, this is a guy that says, man, I, I don't care. I'm going to keep pouring into these kids right. because if somebody would have looked at my situation when I was growing up, they would have looked mm-hmm. at it and said, not a chance, right. not a chance. He's a lost cause. Right. Statistics were, and, and it's not, not, I hate when people do that, but it's not me against the world and it's not the cards are stacked against me and look at me today. I'm still breathing. So that means I'm a champion. No, it means this, the lessons that were instilled in me when I was a kid and through high school and early adult life are the reasons why I'm still plugging today. Well, you grew up in a unique situation, and you can go into it if you want, or you can tell me to kick rocks. I don't care. No, no, man. <laughs> but, like, I mean, you grew up. Uh, Mom worked a lot. Mom worked a lot. And, yeah, you, yeah. You, you and Dad didn't. No, no, Dad was never even around. So, I mean, I grew up without a dad. I had a stepdad. Um, you know, my, my little brother and I spent, I remember very clearly, man, right across town. Um, and there's something about this local school district that just pulls me in because, I have so many memories, but the crazy part is, is that the memories that I have weren't always good. Um, no. You know, I remember being, my brother was in kindergarten. I was in second grade. I remember my brother went in and he had bruises on him. And my brother and I spent two years in the state system. We lived in foster care for two years. Um, you know, it was, it was unique. It was different. But one thing that I can always say is, you know, no matter how many conversations I talked to my mom every day and I told her today, I said, mom, 
I'm, uh, I'm going to do a podcast tonight. And I said, this is going to be the first of many. And she says, why do you say that? Are you really that excited? And I said, yeah, mom. I said, because the whole point is, is that you pushed me to be to this level. You pushed me and the things that you didn't know you were teaching me, you taught me. But your childhood was rough, but childhood was rough for everybody. Right. I mean, I remember, I mean, I mean, I could get as, as blatant as telling you, I remember my brother being forced to eat food that he couldn't eat. You know, I mean, he threw it back up and he got forced to eat it in kindergarten. You know, I remember watching him get thrown against walls. But the whole point is, is that, man, very vividly in my mind, it's every kid is a precious gift. You're not going to put your hands on a kid in front of me, in front of you, you know, in front of in front of a common individual. But it's it's one of those things where there were so many lessons that came from that early childhood that, um, you know, that everybody's got something in their life where they're like, man, I want to outdo so-and-so. I want to work hard because I like the lifestyle that they lived or I like the the kind of person that they were. It's not even so much a materialistic thing. It's what kind of an individual that person was. Right. And that's one of them situations where the system makes you or breaks you. I mean, it does. you hear of so many people in that situation to where like, They've been in and out of jail. They've still had issues. And some guys go in and out of jail and then they figure it out later. And, sure. they, you know, and you hear about that too. But a lot of times you also hear about the folks that they didn't have any guidance growing up. You know, sure. they didn't, they didn't have anything like that, which has pushed you to have the work ethic you have. And you said that you, you know, you were going to school, you had your own company, um, your job told you you were gone, so you found a different one, so you could continue to grind. And right. Technically, you went back to the old one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Which we just cool. stepped back. Which we is just cool. stepped back. Well, it, it's cool. I mean, and there's a lot to be said about um, leaving a job with a handshake. Oh, no, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding you when I left. Right. Oh, man. Like, there's a guy on TikTok now who's like, you know, he always gives funny jokes about right. how you're going to quit and, it, you know, how yeah. he talks back <laughs> to you. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. No joke, dude. The day that I left, it was it was comical because I, I met with HR and I met with my boss and I was like, hey, you know, I'm out and I've got this much vacation and I want to use this much vacation. And this was before it was I mean, I'm going to say I was a trendsetter, but it was before it was cool and trendy to to dip on a place of employment because I swear that's not all people do anymore. Yeah, it's but, bad. But I said I was like, hey, man. You know, I've got this much vacation. I want to use that. This would be my last day of employment. They were like, okay, great. And no joke, I walked to the back. And that same day, so I had a company car. Um, we had one vehicle for our family. None of my kids drove at the time. And so um, we had just went on my lunch break before I had this meeting and picked up. I bought a, a Jeep Wrangler. And it was lifted. I mean, it was the dream Jeep that I'd always wanted. And uh Went back in, had the meeting, and as I was walking out to get my Jeep, my workday was done, and my boss comes to the back door, and he's like, hey, just so you know, you didn't give us a full two weeks. You're not rehirable. I hope you have a good one. I hope this really works out for you. And so that's why it was kind of a a different off-colored meeting, if you will, um, when I came back because – that was the second meeting. The first one was with the the overall top boss, you know, and he's like, man, you – you left us in a bad spot. Well, 
you know, unfortunately, you know, that was it. But I'm telling you, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do some things. If you'll have me back, you know, we'll make it work. And Well, and that's where your work ethic brought you back. Sure, you know, sure. I could see yeah, that. Yeah. The situation was sticky. You did what was best for you and your family. Right. You know, and that's what you got to do sometimes, even when it's sticky. Um, but apparently you did things a certain way that they saw where – it was worth giving you that that second sure. chance. Sure. So, yeah, and, and it's tough. I mean, you know, you were just telling me before we before we ramped up here about a buddy of yours that was a deer hunter. And uh, so that's one thing I do, man. I listen to just about everything, and I'll pull it out in different spots because to me, you made a comment about a buddy of yours who was a who was a he was a big buck hunter. Yeah. You know, and uh, you said he's very humble about it, and you, you never really know that that he's this guy just out there slaying monsters. Yeah. <laughs> and so to me, that's that's the big point is. You know, I don't ever want to be that guy being like, man, I was good enough that they brought me back. To me, it was an opportunity. Yes. For me, I'm here today because it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to catch up. It's an opportunity to talk about family. It's an opportunity to talk about life. But ultimately, every day is an opportunity. We wake Absolutely. up tomorrow and we're six foot above. We're good. Absolutely. I had the, you know, on your Facebook feed every once in a while, it pops up like a year ago this happened. Sure. Two years ago this happened. Well, it was about a year ago at this time, I left my former job of almost four years. And then before that, I worked three years for a different company. So I thought I was in a corner like, this is all I'm ever going to do. Sure. Um, excuse me. I've got skills from my education, through the military, and through everything else. And it just seemed like, like okay... You're willing to do this work, so this is what you're going to do. Right. And I thought that that was it. Like, that was what it was going to be. Um, I got approached one day, hey, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> and I was just like, well, hopefully this, this, and this happens, and, you know, it'll be what it'll be. And he goes, well, if anything ever changes, you talk to me. You know how honoring it is for someone to be like, sure. Hey, we want you to, uh, we want you here. And so it was, I was kind of loyal to where I was at the time and I didn't think much of it. No, but I thought that that was all I was ever going to do. And then when he said that, Hey, this is an opportunity, I looked into it once, COVID hit, it didn't come back up for a while. Um, and then about the time I was just like, I can't do this forever because it's killing me, literally. Um, I had to figure something out. So I started looking around at different things. And then I text him. I'm like, hey, I'm kind of looking into a few different things. Are you still interested in talking? Not two minutes let by and he texts me. Yes, yes, we need to talk. All right, cool. And so... I went in, talked to him for a while, and I was just like, yeah, if this is for real, if the money's for real, then this is what I need to be doing. For sure. And so I went, we went and um, had a really good talk. I told him where I was with pay, and I said, you know, realistically, for me to live, I need this and this. And then the next time we talked, he said that, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm going to bring in it here. And then, <laughs> right. um, but he said, I'm going to bring you in it here. 
if you're here for three months, I'm gonna bring you, I'm bump you up to here. If you're here three months later, you're gonna bump it up to here. If you're here in a year, this is where you'll be. And I said, where do I sign and when can I start? Yeah. Um, but the the thing was was I knew that my bosses would be in a tough place. Sure. You know, and I had a lot of respect for them, and I told them what was going on. And I want to say I gave them damn near a month's notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was there for almost, I would say, three and a half weeks. I was there getting everything set up and ready for the next guy to just jump in on. and be able to go. And part of that Facebook thing that I saw from the other day was, you know, I was able to leave a job with a handshake and a hug. Yep. You know, and I know that if for some reason I ever needed to go back to that job, I would have the opportunity, you know, and use that skill set. So there's a lot to be said for being able to work hard enough, work good enough, be a good enough person that like people are willing to bring you back at some point. Sure. And I, I think that does. I mean, it speaks a lot to your to your individual character, the knowledge that you have of the job. Um you know, I think in today's world, man, just so many people are coming in and they don't stay long enough to obtain the knowledge. It's uh, it's almost like, I don't know, I guess I always look at it like kind of like a NASCAR race or a, or a, an Indy car race. And these individuals are flying around the track and they pop in and get a quick fuel up and you're out, you know, fresh yeah. new set of tires. Yep. And, and so you get a lot of people coming in now where, you know, they'll they have the knowledge of driving a truck, but they come in and. They get a little bit of road knowledge, and they think, "Man, I'm going to go be over the road." And, and the I'm next thing get you know, CDL and yep, and and you know, it used to be back in the day where you know, in my beverage experience, we would actually train individuals to get their CDL, and there was never any, it was never a formal agreement. It wasn't, "Hey, man, I'm going to train you to get your CDL. We're going to help you through it. We're going to let you use our truck." It was just kind of like an unspoken code, like, "Man, I'm going to help you here, so then you're going to stay with us." But nowadays, it's like people go to an online school or, you know, not truck driving online school, but who knows what America is going to come to. But, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, you know, but God like, help us. but they get to that point where they're just like, ah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be a, a trucker. And then they work for you for three months. And the next thing you know, they want to be a over the road trucker and they're rolling down the road and they realize they can't hack it and they come back. And it, it, to me, it's ultimately like everything comes back home. Yep. So. Absolutely. But you worked to the point where now you have your own businesses. Sure. Uh, you're past the, the security deal. Um, you did the manufacturing thing for a while. And manufacturing is great. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it's not for, for everybody, but I love it. It's not for everybody. But like, I loved it. Especially if you've hustled. for we, just, we talked about that a little bit. But if you've hustled a certain way for so long, just the ease of knowing, like, I just have to do this today. I just, right. I have to put in this many hours a day and then I get to go home and, and have a little bit of peace. But like once uh, starting a business is like a whole other basket of like emotions. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, to say it in a nutshell, man, it's uh it's been a whirlwind. And actually, as I was thinking about some of the things that you might bring up to talk about and just catching up, you know, today was one of those opportunities for me to really look back and think, okay, when I started this, what did I want to do? 
And I remembered my time in manufacturing. I was on third shift. And so I had a lot of time where I could just go around, you know, um, my job was to check on my guys. And so I'd always spark a conversation. You know, you want to have rapport with the individuals yeah, you work with. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, so I brought today, I brought a couple of things, um, to show some progression. Uh, but I also brought a, a gift for you and for Seth. Cool. So, um, and I'll let you guys fight out who gets which one, but. Well, obviously um, I'm going to get the one I want. <laughs> He's so, not even here to defend it. I might end up with both of them. So, you never know. <laughs> you know, and so to me, so it all started, I mean, so I do hats, right? And so, right. Um, so I wanted to, to jump into it and it all started at Pepsi, which is the weirdest part. So my original employer, the employer I'm with today, that's where it started. And, um, kids, that was another part of it. So my son was 12 years old at the time and okay. you couldn't get him to sit down. You couldn't, there was uh, nothing you could do. I understand that one for okay. sure. And so he, he's bouncing off the walls. And like, I remember very vividly because the time that we launched a certain product and I won't say the name of the product, but in, in a nutshell, the time that we launched this product was during basketball season. And my son is sitting there in a, in a huddle or standing there in a huddle and literally the littlest noise in the bleachers. And he's boom, no focus on the coach. He's not listening to the plays that's being called. He's literally in la la land wondering where the noise came from. Sure. It's kind of like dog squirrel, right? Yeah. Shiny. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so what happened was, um, my employer launched, launched this new product. Um, we picked it up from, from a company, um, out in Vegas and great product infused a bunch of vitamins into this water. And so my family, we don't drink a lot of soda. Um, not that that's a bad thing. If you do, I love, thank you for your support uh, from a day job <laughs> standpoint, but you know, like we, we don't drink a lot of soda. We drink a lot of water and right. the kids occasionally will drink like a, like a white soda. Um, even now as my son's a senior in high school, we don't drink, he might get a Dr. Pepper when we go out to dinner and you got to shut him down after like two or three because it's, <laughs> it's bad. But, um, but either way, so they launched it. And so I brought this hat. And so the whole point of me, um, having the opportunity to talk to you about this is I wanted you to see one of the OG hats, if you will, right? Yeah. And so they gave me two hats. Yeah, sweet um, little sweat ring oh, going bud, on there. Oh, she's burn up, right? That dude there, yeah. This that looks is, like a fisherman's hat or something. But this is <laughs> this is the same brand. Um, and I'm going to say this brand because if, if anybody's here listening and you have somebody that does hats for you um, or anybody um, that is ever looking for somebody to do hats, our Richardson 112 is world-renowned. It is the greatest hat, the most comfortable it's fitting hat. It's the 101 of hats. Dude, it is. Like the, it's top dog. Gotcha. She's top. So they gave me this hat. And so when I looked at the colors, I was like, oh, man, you got to have a different color, right? And so I was going to the gym five, six days a week. And they gave me this one. And then they gave me a black one with a gray back. And I thought, man, and the one we're looking at is blue and white. And I thought, man, I love this hat. It just fits. And my whole life, I'd never been a hat guy. I'd put a hat on and like within five minutes. Well, it's because you had fantastic hair growing up. I don't know, bud. No, I don't you know. Do, dude, no. It all just went to my face now. Uh, and dude, then and my beard is, is just my, my beard like, is growing. I got growing. this Joe Dirt thing going on. If I go a couple of days where it oh, grows man. in naturally all white trash, and you got, yeah, you got some flow. No, funny story. <laughs> I got a funny story for you about the Joe Dirt facial hair because my mother-in-law thanks a lot for that. She built my confidence my senior <laughs> year in high school for that one. But um, so, no, I mean, so... I started with that and dude, the coolest part was, is when I left. Um, so it was right as I got ready to leave, uh, my, my job that I'm now back at. And before I went to manufacturing, 
And one of the craziest parts was this hat was so comfortable. Now I find myself wearing it. I go to manufacturing. I was working third shift. I'd leave work. I'd run into you at Haymakers when I, but you were like literally like mid route as I was yeah, literally I was walking into in this as gas you were station. Going out and like, yeah, I'm grabbing my energy drink and you're grabbing water. beer. Yeah, beer <laughs> or water. <laughs> yes. No, it was third shift life, man. I was, I was on the downward spin on that one, but I'd find myself in a position where I would just take this hat and just toss it in the back seat and just toss it in the back seat and everything was cool. And I put it back on the next day and it held shape. And so, uh, on third shift, I started investing some time. My wife bought me a gift from a company, um, and I won't say their name, but she bought me a gift. It was a patched hat. She says, hey, man, you need to try this. I said, oh, that sounds great. You know, um, maybe maybe you can get me one for Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> so, so she tried. It took four and a half weeks to get it. <laughs> it came a week after she ordered it before Thanksgiving. I got it the week of um, New Year's. So after Christmas, and she had to tell me what I got for Christmas. And so I wore this hat six times, six times, and the patch started peeling off. And I was really frustrated. And then when I found out what she paid for the hat, I was even more frustrated because the price didn't make sense. Right Now, I grew up, you know, we talked a little bit ago about how I grew up. I grew up in a single-parent household. My mom was a cook. That's what my mom's always done. We didn't have money. So... I wanted to make sure that I could give somebody a hat that was at the best, most economically sound way to move. Right. You know, I wanted you to be able to look nice and have a dang good hat. Something that's going to last. Yeah. And so. Because anything that's good usually does. (laughs) So, you know, I started out and so I did my first. So some of my early hats, I had a guy that actually worked for me on third shift and he had a laser etch machine and he would laser etch a vinyl leather patch. And I'd have to hand apply all of them. And so then I got into like a 100% leather hat. Okay. And so I'll hand you that one. Um, And then as time got on, I got into a little bit. Now, this is one of the very early ones. We're just getting ready. Probably beginning of the year, we'll come out with some PVC patches. But this was something that we did for a local gun dealer. Um, And you can see that there's color into it. Mm -hmm. Now, a funny other story is that there was another gentleman who was a local gun dealer who I did some leather patches for, and the press wasn't right. And so of all these hats that this guy got, the patches fall off. So wait a minute. I wanted to build a business based on quality and price. However, my patches fell off too. I'm no better than anybody. So it was like a gut check. You know what I'm saying? Like Then you're sitting there evaluating where you're at. And so I saw you glance at this one. And you're like, what the heck is this? But this is, um, th- I'm just going to say this because this dude is awesome and he would love any opportunity for his name to be said. But this is a Texas Tower Hands hat. And so I'm a really weird dude when it comes to eating out with my family. So you're, your kids are younger. <laughs> but like when it comes to me, I will talk to anybody. I love conversation. And Dude, we've done that in B-dubs a few times. Yep. And that's where I met these guys. Okay. So, so like I'll pop into B dubs, you know, after a football game or something, you're in there and you're just like, Oh, what's up? And just drinking beer and bullshit about that's something. It. That's <laughs> it. I mean, and, and so these cats, I, I no joke was doing the same thing. I was just out with the family and, uh, they were, I was honestly waiting for them to bring me another drink. And I, I got up and I was like, well, I'm going to go use the restroom. And I walked by this table. And so in West central Illinois, you're in a position where anytime you see construction workers, a lot of times these individuals um, are 
from Texas area, right? Some of them, there's a language barrier. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I love people. So I squatted down by the table and I'm like, dude, I love your hat. And the guy starts talking to me and he says, I said, where'd you get this done? Like, I own a hat company. I love this. I'm trying to build into whatever I'm ever going to come, you know, and he says, oh, my cousin makes it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so we continued this conversation and we swapped information. Now, I'll tell you right now, there's nothing more (laughs) awkward for a family when your son's a when your son's a junior in high school at the time um, or going into a senior year. And he sees his dad swapping cell phone numbers with another dude who's a construction guy at the table. He was a little weirded out by that. My (laughs) wife was really confused what the heck was going on. And so. So I go about my way. I come back to the table and they said, dad, what the heck are you doing? Why? And my daughters always get embarrassed. And they said, dad, what are you doing? And I said, no, I said, I made a really good contact. I said, that guy was very knowledgeable in what he does. And, uh, yeah, I I don't know, but I'm going to keep the guy's number and someday I'm going to call him up. And so two days later I get a text message and I'm outside. It's Saturday. That was a Thursday night, Saturday. I'm out mowing my yard and I get a text message and the guy says, Hey, I'm just North of such and such small town out here working on a tower and they were a cell phone tower company. He would, he basically, were they the ones out here? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. So it, the ones that he was doing, um, was just kind of South, South, uh, Southwest of me. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the guy says, just right off of the interstate. And he says, uh, he says, Hey, I'm going to be here for a little bit. And I got something for you. He says, I got, I want to give you one of my hats. And I said, cool, man, I got a hat for you. <laughs> so let's do this. And so loaded my wife and kids up and she's panicking the whole time. Like, why are we driving out into the country to meet some guy you just met from Texas? <laughs> like, I don't know right now this, I know, love this story already right now. The Jeffrey Dahmer thing's going nuts in her head and Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix series hadn't even come out this yeah, time. So I haven't even started she's, that yet, but she's freaking out, right? Yeah, Not right. knowing exactly where this is going to go. And so we went out and met the guy and Hearing his story and hearing his drive and determination to build his business and it, it was very similar. This cat, um, you know, he worked for somebody and had an opportunity to go out on his own and his family was just like, nope, cut him out. And they were like, not doing it. You are not going out. And they essentially kind of blackballed him in the market. And he proved himself. And now to this day, this guy currently has like four to six crews working all across the United States at the same time and just really unique opportunity. But this is one of those hats because to me, this shows what I'm about. And what I'm about is you got to learn from the people and it's all about a statement. So then I got these for you, bud. So, Oh man. So this one, this one is a, is a never settle cattle brand hat. So my son and I came up with this design because it was a little bit country um, but I'm not country. Uh, I try to pretend to be, I live in your country, closet. Let's, country. Be, let's just be realistic. <laughs> I like country music. Uh, but it was a, it was a cool design. So this is a Richardson one, one, two black on white with an NVR for a never settle logo. And then this one, your dial the wild. So it's a never settle bar hat. Um, this is a wetland. I do have the actual real tree camo. So you can actually, um, dirty, we can dude. swap for that one as well, but just the never settle bar. It was a cool logo that I saw on some other hat and I was really curious how it worked. Um, but never settles the pitch, dude. Never nice. settle. So, so that's the brand. So, so Barkley Bills Co is the brand. Um, never settle is, is my statement and what I really want to push. And in a perfect world, I'd love to have an opportunity to speak to high schools, to speak to, um, to kids, to youth, to try and get them to understand that in today's society, you're going to be pushed 14 different directions. But oh, yeah. as long as you tell yourself you're never going to settle, you didn't settle. You said, man, I could just say, I'm going to stay here 
killing bugs. I'm going to, I'm going to stay doing right. what I'm doing, but you said, I'm going to try something else. You know, you could have stayed doing what you were doing, but you didn't, you wanted to build something for yourself and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Never. I, if you're not happy where you're at, you got to figure it out, man. Yeah. And I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the people I worked with or the people I worked through. Sure. Um, it was just the grind, Yep. you know, and once you give up on yourself, then it, then, it, then you're done. Mental clarity, I feel most people take for granted. And there's a lot to be said about that. I told you in the garage, but I said, man, yesterday I was feeling terrible. Like I wasn't sick. Now I did pull like the man, I got a cold card and my wife, she fixed me lunch. <laughs> it was awesome. But at the same point, like all I needed was sleep. I needed to just kind of catch up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and that's, that's the whole point when it comes down to never settle. It comes from a podcast scenario and a gentleman by the name of Sean Whalen and Sean Whalen. And I don't know if you've ever listened to him, but guy is unbelievable. Um, and never settle ultimately was an entire podcast that he did, um, with his wife. And, and it was talking about never settling in your marriage, never settling in your work, never settling in your, in your parenting. Um, whatever the case may be, you don't accept something just because it's the status quo. You, you accept it based on the fact that this is what I feel is right. And this is what I feel is going to push me to the level that I want to go to. Correct. Um, so, um, I got a really funny never settle story for you, but, um, so I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you cause it, I feel like I owe you a good. So, so funny story. We're at a local festival, right? And so one of the things that never settle brought along was an opportunity to talk to people. And so we're at a local festival over the summer and I was very, very, very clear, um, with everybody who came into my tent saying, Hey, what does never settle mean? And the best part about it is, you can write your own Is story. Is that the t-shirt brand? Yep, yep. You're at uh, Heritage Days probably? Yeah, yeah, dude. I think I saw you up there and I didn't get a chance to say hey, but like you had your t-shirt rack up there. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm trying to I'm trying to push into some brands and and that's probably one of the most confusing things. That's, you know, like I was telling you, I I drove here today and I was thinking about and you know, all of the different things that I the boxes I wanted to check with my business as I got bigger and now I'm doing apparel for our local high school. So I do all of their sports apparel. Sure. Um, I do all their hats. It's, it's it's an awesome opportunity. And so either way, so people would come into the tent and this, this group of gals came in and they were all mid range forties. I'm going to say forties, true story. They're probably in their sixties, but everybody <laughs> loves to hear they're younger. Right. So, there you go. so they're in their forties and they walk in and, and, uh, they said, Hey, what's this never settled mean? And I said, well, you know, you can twist it however you want. And I kind of gave them my never settle spiel and, and, uh, the lady says, I said, and I love hearing people's never settle stories. How would you say you've never settled? And the lady looks at me and she says, I can't tell you. And she gets ready to walk out after she makes her purchase. And, and I have a shirt on my website that's got a, it's a bowl and that's where the NVR logo came from, but it's, sure. we branded it onto the bowl and, and it was neat. And either way, her two friends that are with her were like, no, you got to go tell them your story. You got to go tell them your story. Like, All right. And so that's what it's all about, dude. Yeah. Like to me, I was like on cloud nine, like, please come back and tell me. Come on, come on. And so the lady (laughs) says, uh, she says, well, my son just graduated high school. I said, okay. And so you mind you, this is like late June, right? She she says, my son just graduated high school or college, one of the two. And either way, um, she says, 
you know, I went to go get a drink. And so I'm standing next to my son and everybody's coming up and congratulating him and patting him on the back. And I leave to go get a drink. And as I come back, my father-in-law standing right next to the, to my son. And all I hear him say is, don't be like your dad, never settle. And he pointed right at me. He literally looked at the kid's mom and said, your dad settled. Your mom is nothing. And it was, so I, I guess I led up to this, that this was an extremely funny story, but it's, it's humorous to think that that's where we're at in today's society where yeah. like, you know, you would look at it where if you had knowledge, um, the knowledge that you got, you poured from your parents and you know that your parents are going to pour knowledge into your kids. And it's crazy. I mean, like to me, it was comical. Like they started dying laughing and she's like, so I'm going to wear this shirt around him next time I see him. And I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, like that's cool. And like, and I'm glad that you got to that point, but she's like, I'm going to pat it and be like, Remember when you said that, you know, but it's so weird how society twists things to, to, we're always trying to downgrade somebody. Like, let's just be happy. Let's be happy in the moment. Oh like, yeah. Well, I mean, and perfect example of that is there is a local golf course around here that if you've listened to any of my podcasts, I make my way around the golf course sure, around here sure. a little bit. And I love playing an outing. I love it. It's like double the money, but I get to give it to a cause and I get to have a great time. So whenever I go to this one golf course that's in our area, I won't say which one it is, but like every time there's an outing and you see someone's name on the board, like longest drive, longest putt, closest in two, things like that that you see in an outing, it's like all the members there are driving as slow as they can past this sign and they see the name and they go, no ain't hell. I've golfed with that guy before. He can't drive it that far. Or like I've golfed with that guy. There's no way he made that putt. There's no way he did blah, blah, blah. And like, that's what they do at that course. Like, right. You just got a battle time. I'm there. And so I come back over here and I'm just like, Every time I golf here, it's peaceful. It's fun. Everybody sure. enjoys themselves. I, I golfed at Western last weekend. It was a blast. Yeah, Western's like, a great place. Western is a great place. Dude, and the parents know how to party. OMG. Jiminy Christmas. And you know why? Is because they're they're it's it's actually really awesome to see because I work with one of the guys that like his kid played at Western. And I talked to Cole, who's on some of my podcasts. He played soccer at Western. And it's like a completely different community in Macomb at Western Illinois University. It's like big enough to like everybody wants to be part of it, but small enough to where it's like, we're not going to be on TV. Right. <laughs> You're going to catch on right. Hulu from time to time. Right. But like these parents just and the guy I work with, his kid graduated last year. He didn't have to be at any of this stuff. But like. They got alumni coming back from like 20, 30 oh some years gosh, away, dude. and they're all talking about their experiences. It reminds me of when I go to homecoming up where I graduated from, and it's a great time, and everybody's like sharing their experiences and giving a good time to a certain cause. And and that's what I love. It's like if you're going to go to a place where you know people are going to be negative, then you've already set yourself up yep. for that. And there's a certain amount of stress and anxiety and just a different mindset going in. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to have fun. 
but I know that this is how it's going to be. Sure. Or you can tell yourself, I don't have to go there. I can go here. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's just life. It's like, you know, I can keep contributing to my own demons or I can go somewhere where I know I'm loved. I know I'm supported. I know I'm going to have a good time, whether I'm really good at what I do or I'm not. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing, man. That's why I don't golf. I absolutely am terrible. <laughs> you, I am um, awful, dude. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I know that I went with uh, with a buddy of mine from high school, um, and he went on to the Army and was a sniper. And, and you know, it was one of those things where he'd always come back and tell me that. Well, he was a heck of a hunter, heck of a fisherman. And he's filled with stories. So he'd always tell me, you know, as my kids were growing up, him and I were really, really close. And he'd come back and he'd be like, you know, I know he was, he went to Iraq and he went to Afghanistan. And so he'd come back and he'd be like, man, be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm a sniper. And, you know, he got some PTSD deal one time where um, we were actually out fishing and we made a mistake and had a couple of beers while we were out fishing. And luckily at the time I owned a security company and I, I got us out of that pinch because there was a couple of guys who were on the police department who were ex-military who had dealt with it and they just took them home. They didn't do anything, but they took them home and it right. was a scary moment. And uh, either way, he ended up telling me one time, I mean, he would always tell my kids and I remember very vividly. And so this is to a golf point, but a quick sure. offshoot. Yeah. But he says, he says, man, um, we, we called him. My daughter was doing a run-a-thon for track. And so he doesn't live around here anymore. And she called him and she said, hey, Uncle so-and-so. Um, they call him Uncle because he's pretty much, I mean, he's been in their lives since sure. the beginning. And yeah. either way, she says, uh, hey, I'm doing a run-a-thon. Would you like to sponsor me in my run-a-thon? And he says, all right, sis, what's your, what's your amount? What do you got to raise? She said, $50. And he says, I'll, I'll send you your parents 50 bucks right now, but you got to sign a contract. She says, what's a contract? She says, you're really not signing. It's verbal. He says, but you can't date until you're 30. <laughs> so, so she says, all right. And this is my oldest daughter. And so she, she says, all right, deal. And, uh, so he sends 50 bucks over. She's done. She goes over a goal. It was an awesome opportunity. He gave back to the school and I appreciate that very much. And so I'm working third shift and, uh, about two o'clock in the morning. Um, unfortunately, very unfortunate. One of the gentlemen that he served with, um, as a sniper, um, had passed away. He went on to be a green beret Mm -hmm. and he passed away in the line of duty and either way, um, he starts putting a bunch of pictures on him. Facebook and I'm freaking out now, right? Like, okay, dude, I thought you were like, haha, this is one of your stories, but cause he never got into detail. And there's a picture of him on the front of time magazine. And I'm like, you gotta be freaking kidding me right now. <laughs> so I get home the next morning, my kids are obviously off at school and I look at my wife and I'm like, Hey, I mean, I know I'm literally, I've like, as soon as I'd walk in the door on third shift, I'd have to knock myself out pretty quick. So I'd have like three, four beers and then I was done. Yeah. And so I'm literally like two beers in and she's like, you haven't slept all night and you've had two beers. You're pretty much ready to pass out. So I don't trust anything you're saying. And I'm like, but here's the deal. And I showed her the picture telling my daughter that because the story that he told her about the little boy that she'd go on a date with that would slump over in the movie theater seat and slide to the floor. That was real. Like he actually (laughs) had that shooting ability to do that. But he, he, he comes back in the summer. And he just came back just last summer and, and we golfed and my son loves golf, loves it. Mm-hmm. Don't understand it. No, it's, 
It was a later in life thing for me. Dude, (laughs) it's, it's, it's been his whole life. And I'll tell you right now, like I no joke, find myself in a position where I'm doing nothing, but I just drive the car. I mean, that's it. Like now my son's 16. So I can have a couple beers on the course while I'm watching him drive around. And that's the the motto of the story. I mean, there you go. So no, man, that's, that's awesome. Just to see, like we all get knocked down. Do you stay down, you know, or do you get back up and figure it out? For some of us, it's a daily struggle. And for some of us, it's just like, oh, well, that happened. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's hard. I think everybody stays down. I think I think we're all like as much as somebody says, like, oh, I'm a positive person. I've never met somebody who's truly positive from the jump. Yeah, talk Ever. to them. Get in the conversation with yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, talk like, to them for about 30 minutes. But what we do, what you and I do, and what everybody listening to this podcast does is everybody looks at it and they're like, wow, I want to be like that guy. That guy doesn't seem like he's negative at all. And like, true story, that guy's just as negative as you are. It's all about what you're going to put into it and you're going to get out of it. Right. And like, so sitting here, you know, doing this podcast, I could not be more proud of you and your family for you taking this step and doing this because this is awesome. I mean, this is absolutely awesome it's and it's cool to see it. Well, and it took longer to do than I wanted to. Like I really got into uh, with my archery stuff. I listened to a lot of, I used to listen to a lot of archery podcasts, a lot of hunting podcasts, um, the cleared hot stuff. <laughs> And my fantasy football podcast. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> they tell me how to win, even though yeah. I don't. <laughs> but um, I knew this was this was something that made sense. I had a learning disability my whole life. And, you know, listening to somebody actually break it down and explain it was going to sink in and resonate with me more than it was me sitting down reading a manual or a book. Just that's how I was. That's how I'm wired. Somehow I got a master's degree doing that, just knowing how I learn and everything and the military paying for it. Sure. But but know, that doesn't come without sacrifice. No, it came with a lot of sacrifice. And, you know, and there's still days I feel like a complete idiot and like I don't comprehend things the way that I want to. But you work through it and it's OK. So this was in the works. I've been working on this for probably three years now. Really? And for the first year, it was just like, how do you do it? How do you even get into it? How does it even happen? And then I was listening to Working Class Bowhunters, and Kurt slipped in a comment one day on an episode. He goes, I got so much crap in a box that, like, we don't even use it. If anybody wants it, just let me know and you can have it. That was his first mistake. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I got on Facebook. I had sent him pictures of some deer and stuff that I'd killed and, and a little bit of relationship because they're just up by the Quad Cities. Okay. Okay. So I sent him a thing. I was like, hey, are you serious about that equipment that you got? He's like, yeah. Like, can you use it? I'm like, hell yeah, I can use it. <laughs> you know, and um, we met up at a seminar over at Old Barn Taxidermy and he handed me all this stuff and I was just like, I have no idea what to do with any of it. He goes, you'll figure it out. <laughs> quite literally. And it was an interface that I don't use and um, a bunch of other stuff. So I go home and I'm putting this stuff together and I'm just like, I I do a couple tries with my brothers and his buddies just doing some stupid stuff. And it sounds like garbage. Like I hate it. I just, 
I'm like, there's no way I'm spending the time and money to put something out there. And it sounds like this kind of like your hat that starts sure. flaking. Yep. 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 It's just like my product sounds more like idiotic than the guy in his garage, like just talking to himself for an hour and we're all supposed to subscribe to it. Sure. You know, and I'm starting to doubt it a little bit. And then I had my shoulder surgery and I was down like, been very competitive for a long time. I was pretty good at what I did. Um, I'm not working at this point. I'm at home every day. I can hardly sleep at night because if I roll over wrong, I piss myself. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then it was just like, well, what do we got to do to make this happen? What do we got to do? And I was just like, I need a computer. Okay. So we go up to the pawn shop. It just so happened to be 20 percent off before Christmas or something got an iMac for like 300 bucks and then after that I started working with the interface started working with the equipment started working with the computer got really really confusing couldn't figure it out how to make it sound good how to get it processed how to get it on iTunes how to get it on Pandora how to get it anywhere well started doing my homework figured out how to get it there all right, we got we got the subscription on how to get it there. We know how to do it. How do we make it sound good? Went to a music shop, took the interface with me, plugged it into a computer. This guy's just like, I don't know. It's like, look, I've been through every piece of software I could find for this thing. Right. I, I've done everything I could think of to make this thing. He goes, it's not going to work for you. Like, <laughs> he goes, I'm sorry to tell you this, but everything that you've done is everything you can do with this piece of equipment said, okay, what can I do? And so he brings me this board and plugs in and my computer goes, boop, boop, do you want to use this? I'm like, light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was like instant right there. There are music makers in Galesburg that like, I needed this board. I think I spent 280 bucks or something on it, came home, started messing with stuff. And then as soon as I got it to where I wanted it, I said, I'm going to put out my first five episodes. People can take or leave it. And we'll see what happens. And I think I processed like episode 37, 36 today. That's awesome. So, so what's your, so what's your total reach? I mean, what are you, what are you seeing from your um, podcast? I don't look too much into it. I just, I don't, it sounds dumb, but I don't care. <laughs> what, do, but you know I what think, I mean? Yeah. It's just like, I do this for me and my friends and sure. people that want to hear it and want to be part of it. There's too many people out there with a podcast. Like they're but I infinite. Think I, but what I would think though, so there's a, there's a vast difference. So, right. so I know, um, you know, that there's, and I know this can all be edited, but there's a, there's a family, um, a, a girl that's in my daughter's class two girls and their moms do a podcast and they just started one. Nice. And it was very rough at the beginning, but here's the, here's the, the, the total pro as to what you're doing. And this is why, like they've asked me to come on theirs. Sure. Um, Haven't done it yet. Might do it, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have to have a whole lot more of that (laughs) before I were to do it because there's certain He's things pointing that, at the beers. Just like, no. Yeah, there, there, there are certain things that would be talked about. They're, they're great individuals, but their their topics resonate with so many different people. There are so many people in this world. And that's one thing that I always told myself. And so so my wife owns a clothing business for for children. She's owned a children's boutique. She's done it from home for the past 
eight to ten years. So you got a lot yeah. of kids' clothes in your house. Yeah, yeah. Dude, there's there's one room that sucks, uh, pretty bad. But um, and, and the worst part is is that now my daughters are old enough to where they don't wear that size. Um, but you know, so the the whole point was is what I always told my wife was if I wanted to start a business today, there are X amount of billions of people in this world, right? But in the United States, there's X amount of millions or billions of people. Here's the whole point. If I hit with 1% of them, yeah. I'm okay. Yep. If I hit with 1% of everybody who understands my pitch on Never Settle, that's where it's at. Exactly. So with your podcast, what I see is, you know, I listen to, um, have you ever heard of Two Bears, One Cave? No, 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 no. Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura. <laughs> funniest dudes in the world, right? Yeah. And so so that's usually my like that's my crank zone. Like I don't listen to jacked up music until I get into the truck. But like as I'm getting around and I'm having a shower beer and I'm trying to prepare for whatever in the heck we're going to do, boom, I'm listening to Two Bears One Cave. And and the only thing about that is is if you you take what they're doing, which it's funny, it's crude humor, it's it's borderline alcoholism. It's borderline whatever. These guys are doing their thing, but people listen to it. Yeah. Now, on the same on the same token, look at the kids on YouTube. Like when when your kids came down earlier and you're like, "Hey, we can turn on a YouTube video, but you're going to get bored of it in 20 minutes and or two minutes, and you're going to yeah. do whatever." Yeah, exactly. So there, there's the whole point. But at the end of every one of those videos, like, subscribe, and if you found this podcast interesting, you found this video interesting, yeah. share it. And man, I wish that would happen because I'm going to tell you what, when this thing hits, I'm going to share it. Why am I going to share it? Because it gives me an opportunity to share something that you're doing. And there's a lot of valuable information. It's fun, man. And that's, that was the thing. It was never about making money or doing anything to put my face out front. It was all about when I went to college, I got a communication degree. I did media communication. I did small small group communication. I did journalism. I did all this stuff. And then I ended up going into the workforce for eight to nine years and never using a shred of it. Sure. And I got a master's degree in social science. Never. Now I can say that, you know, my customer base would appreciate the fact that I can portray what I'm doing or explain what I'm doing articulately enough to them that they knew what was going on. So I had fewer conflicts with customer service because the more that you let the customer know what you're doing and how you're doing it and why you're doing it, the less headache you're going to have later. I'm going to file a disclaimer and tell you that I know 90% of nothing when it comes to the products that I sell. Yeah. The only thing I know everything about is hats. Yeah. I'm just telling you. But when it comes down to the beverages that I sell that are you are going to be consuming but into you your body. Need to know it. But the best part is is it's how you portray it. You just right. hit it. I could literally walk into a customer and tell them 100% of nothing. But the fact that I can clearly articulate what I'm telling them 
they pick up what I'm laying down and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you came in. We, <laughs> we didn't know, we didn't know this. Well, I'm, I'm glad I put you in that rest at ease Let, phase. Let's just but, call it what it is. It's, yeah. it's very good at bullshitting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you it, know, at it, the it end really of the day. Is. Yeah. And when, and when you come down to something, but what you're saying and everything that you've just shared about your podcast is it's all real. And this is, this is the hard work and the toil that it took to get here. And, and everything that I'm saying about my hat, it's a hard work and the toil that it took to get here. But at the end of the day, I don't want to stop there. And you don't want to stop there. No. Like what the There's coolest. There's so many more stories to tell. Oh my God, like, dude. I just know so many people with so many stories that like, nah, I'm not going to do it. It's like, dude, you need to come in here and tell your story. Yeah. Like people want to hear that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like. You know, I, we talked about on the lap, last episode, uh, a guy that we used to work with. He went to Notre Dame, you know, when yeah. he was young. He was in a dorm with Rudy Rudiger. Was he? You so, know, he was, he was a Notre Dame cheerleader. And, you know, then he got out of that and ended up in so many different facets of life that you would never believe he is where he is now. But he's content with himself. But did you know this is a, there was a teacher at our high school? Who, no joke, was she went to Notre Dame, but she was there yep. when they filmed Rudy. Like, they paused the game to bring the actors out and to do the whole shoot and match. And, like, so that's always a, something that I bring up with my uh, kids. Because we were um, was that cousins. Sheila Cousins? Yep, yep. yep. So she we was, do. Dude, she was so much fun. Dude, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> we, but here's, here's the craziest part is society has put you into a position where you don't want to look back at what was behind you. You always have to look forward. And the ultimate part, in my opinion, is you have to look back to be able to see clearly what's in front of you. Well, the the bigger part of that is being willing to look forward. And to look forward, you have to look backwards. Who yep. you've been, what you've learned, and how to progress. Because we talked about that road earlier that's getting wider and wider yep. and wider. And now yep. has a bus and people that are willing to push you in a wheelchair down it. Yep. And people are so okay with being in the present strolling down this road there is no back there is no forward they're just content with being stagnant right and if there is anything in my life (laughs) that i have hated more it is being stagnant you know are are you not you know moving ahead you know whether it's your financials whether it's your your health whether it's your your parenting skills or anything else it's like how do you do this? How do you right. how do you get better at what you're doing, rather than just being like, and I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty, dude. Of it. I'm, yeah, I, dude. There's days I come home, I grab a beer, I come down to this man cave, and I completely ignore what's going on upstairs. Yep, it happens, and I'm wrong for that, and I know that. So, but there are days where those kids come down here and they start hugging me right. <laughs> and they bring me right. colored pictures. Yes. I love and, mine. I love yeah, mine. Yeah, that's, that is a masterpiece. You, dude, she, you might have her sign that before she leaves. Yeah, dude, I'm not kidding you. Like I, <laughs> I told her, I said, I'm going to hang this in my office. So I'm going to send your dad a picture. Cause it's, it's, it's one of those things where people lose the genuine side of what life is all about. Right. And, and ultimately, man, when you get down to the nitty gritty, we've all learned so many lessons. And the problem is, is that sometimes those lessons that weren't the the greatest lessons to learn. We allow ourselves to be so consumed with the negative side of those lessons where we're not going to take that little glimmer of sunshine out of it. My, so I told you earlier, um, so on my social media, on my business page, I think I shared a little bit about my daughter. Um, but 
my daughter was in an accident in late July and it was a side-by-side accident. It was a complete freak scenario. Um, things could have been done to change it. However, um, she ended up with an external fixator. Her, her tibia was snapped into chunk of it came out. Um, and one thing that really happened with that was you got to look, I, I got to look again. I told you earlier that my wife is something else and my wife bears the brunt of a lot of that stuff that I don't. And so she's the one because she's a 14 year old girl. She's the one helping with shower time. She's the one that's there daytime because dad's got to go back to work. Right. And so she pulled away from her business and, and she's doing all these things. And so from a mental standpoint, it messed with her. But the craziest part is, and, and my wife and I just had a conversation about this in a, in a nutshell today was, man, she is so strong. Because if, if you were to tell me at 14 years old that my leg is snapped and I'm doing this, this, and this, and all of these things that I loved and I appreciated to do were gone. But I can tell you right now that she could crutch up in this joint right now and yeah. she could sit in that chair and you would talk to her. And you would look her dead in the eyes and you'd never tell if she, if somebody literally just planted her in that chair, you'd never tell she had any of it, but it's all because of her perspective on everything. And that's the biggest part. Um, well, you had something to do with that, dad. No, no, I, I'm not <laughs> taking and, any credit for you, that because, well, no, because no, that's big. You and mom had something to do with that. But, it, but you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, and it goes to the, how your girls were when they were in here. You know, you said you some days you see the good and some days you see the bad. Right. And yeah. some days there are certain things that go that way. But to me, that's the whole point. Like as a parent, I don't ever want to look at that when when she says when she can look me dead in the face and she's an adult and she's she's lived her life and she's enjoying where she's at. And she says, Dad, thank you for what you've done. That's when I'll take the exceptions of. Okay. I do this. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, because all right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you got it because you know, parenting is tough. Um, kids are tough. Uh, the Denver Broncos suck. I'm so glad that they're playing the Tennessee Titans clips right now because when I started telling that story earlier, that's why it took a sad turn because <laughs> I see Russell Wilson on the freaking TV and that's not good for me. That's, uh, that's it'll not get better. $235 million is a lot to pay it'll for somebody that's in a struggle it'll get bus. Better. He'll figure it out. He but always does. And now he doesn't have a coach that's going to hold him back. He does, so. but 500 is a little rough when you're making that kind of bank. It's you all know? good. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Go ahead. If you made it to the end of this episode, because mm-hmm. we're almost at an hour and a half at this oh, point. Smokes, it, yeah, it it's been good. Fast. I love it. And I'm going to edit this. So obviously it's not going to be that long, but um, if you've listened to this episode and you've made it to the end, you share, like, and comment this episode when it comes out. Trent's going to send you a hat. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll tell you what. If you do that, check us out, BarkleyBillsCo.com. Yeah, check us your, out on Facebook, your man. Yeah, your Facebook. Check your, us out on uh, Facebook. Your webpage. Yep, yep. So Facebook's BarkleyBillsCo. Um, check us out on uh, on the internet. You can pull up our website, BarkleyBillsCo.com. Um, hey, man, if anybody here is a, is a Bob and Tom fan, uh, <laughs> Donnie Baker's a big fan. Oh, um, man. Donnie Baker, we, we had an opportunity to meet him last year, and, and Donnie. <laughs> Um, I think no joke overnight, Donnie took a picture with one of my hats. My son ran out and grabbed him one and, uh, 
questionable parenting tip. I took my <laughs> I took my sixteen year old son to a Donnie Baker <laughs> show. The park pistols? Uh, no, no, it was just Donnie. Just but Donnie. I'll tell you right now that there. Uh, I don't go to shows, so I I was listening to a podcast of yours this, today when I was in the gym. Then you guys went to a music show. We went to Demon Hunter okay. a couple weeks ago. So so you guys are in you guys are in Demon Show, and you guys are talking about. <laughs> You guys are talking about like, oh, it was really cool. You could walk around, and if you wanted to go up front, you know, you could go up front and sit. Right, all right. Yeah, okay. Somebody should have told me that before I walked into a comedy show because I'm thinking, hey, man, I bought VIP seating, which is center section. Why in the heck is there two seats in the front <laughs> row? So me and my son went up and sat front row center. Well, funny story. We were a gay couple. We didn't know it, but we got made fun of as a gay couple the entire time. But... Either way, either way, that was the zinger for you. But oh, Donnie Baker, man. he put, uh, he put, he, we gave him a hat. He took a picture with us. And all I did was an innocent post, didn't expect anything. And I said, Hey, Donnie, you know, hope you enjoy your hat. And I tagged him in it on Facebook. And no joke, by the next morning, the power of, of what these guys are bringing these comedians, dude, it was like, 280,000 views within five days. The next morning I had 15 to 1700 people on my website overnight. Like these people don't sleep. I guess he's got weird time zones, but <laughs> dude, I appreciate the opportunity to be no, here. This is great, um, man. We've needed to catch up for a while. Cause I only see you in passing. Yep. Yep. And that was when I worked in Macomb all the time. Now that I work in town, I'm hardly ever in, I don't go to Macomb unless I have to. Yeah, dude, that's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with I, that. I'm not there unless I have to be. Um, my wife works there, so she's in there, but like, it's good to catch up. I'm dude. I love what you're doing with your brand. Um, and we'll we'll see where it goes. And that's what that's the beauty about this podcast. You told your story, but a couple weeks, couple months, year from now, I want to see how it's progressed. Oh, like, it's it's cool. dude. I'm constantly bringing people back. I want to see where their lives are at, blah blah blah, and what's going on with them. So yeah, that's what we're gonna do. The future's coming, man. Alrighty, sounds good. Trent Barkley, check him out. Barkley Bills, Barkley Bills Co. Facebook. Yep. Yep. And uh, the internet. So check it out. Later.